welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hi, community. This is Parker. I want to tell you about a new series exclusively about paint correction. So if you want to hear tips, techniques, and trends on paint correction, tune in weekly to the Paint Assassin's Hour. Okay, enjoy the episode. Hi, welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast. Uh, this is a new series special uh, event excited about with Mr. Greg Masterson, the one and only. Uh, hey, hi, my name is Marshall Hill, and uh, you can find me at Total Odd Solutions. Greg, introduce yourself. Where do people find you? Welcome, guys. My name is Greg Masterson. You can find me at Masterson's Wax on Instagram. You can also find me at Facebook at Masterson's Car Care. And check us out on TikTok at Masterson's Car Care. Definitely. We were just chatting about TikTok. It uh, no doubt is the next platform as it continues to arrive. Uh, did you when did you get on it when it was music.ly? Were you were you back in it around then or no? No, I wasn't actually on it when it was musically or music.ly. Yeah. Uh, uh, I only got on the platform uh, just this year, actually, on TikTok. Now, I spent most of the year just trying to absorb TikTok. Man. Because it's such right? a new Well, platform. did you at first? I, you know, I didn't jump into it headstrong at first. Once, you know, it transitioned from that music.ly, my, my daughters fit their demo, right? So I, I, I've been around it for a long time. Uh, but when it started being prevalent for, you know, guys like us, people should be on it. Mm -hmm. Did you not? I personally felt just a little weirded out. Uh, all I saw was girls dancing and I'm just like, uh, you know, I doesn't need that. And the interesting part of the way it's transitioned, mm -hmm. right? It transitioned from such a young age to now that age is growing very rapidly, which is super cool. Yeah, it's growing. It's growing huge. But you know, I, I was actually talking to somebody else about this. Maybe it was you. It might have been actually on our last time. Is that people the the people that always embrace the newest technology are always the youngest generation. They're always the ones who embrace the new, because uh, people that are older they're not going to embrace uh, they're not going to embrace anything that's that's yeah. new. And when you think about it, Facebook and Instagram are very old platforms. Mm -hmm. They are almost ancient platforms. You know, they were they were inviting all of the newest innovators uh, to Washington, I believe, uh, to to uh, meet with some some government officials, and it was like the newest innovators of technology and who invented new things and and are taking stuff to the next level. You know, Elon Musk. Well, um, they didn't invite Mark Zuckerberg because they said Facebook wasn't a new. Plat like a new platform it's been around for too long it's too old right so that's that that just goes to show you there are other platforms that are growing and that's where tiktok comes in right and i, I never saw it tiktok as a um young person thing yeah there is people oh, I did. <laughs> yeah 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 no you did right but people are getting on the platform yeah that are much rapidly older. Rap rapidly. And yeah. I actually discovered somebody actually told me this, that they're actually putting on TikTok on phones stock from like, mm. um, from like T-Mobile or yeah. like Boost or something, you know, those like other off-brand phones and they're coming stock on the phones and 
That's why when you go on TikTok, you see people that says user 01117623538. Ah, it's a super long number. That's because it came pre-programmed. Pre-programmed. Wow. That person that they're using the they're using the platform that just automatically gave them, and it's like boop boop boop. It's already on the phone. Yeah. And huh. I've seen a couple of phones that came like this, you know, so like, you know, old grandma got new phone bought by grandkid and they don't know how to install anything. And TikTok's already there. And I'm just TikToking. Just TikToking. Yeah. <laughs> interesting yeah, the way it's going to multiply from that. Uh, what it would be also be interesting to see. So we're, uh, as a business side, we're on it with Shopify uh, selling products online. And they recently released an agreement between the two. So soon TikTokers will be able to buy products, any type of products, you know, directly from uh, anybody that has a Shopify store on TikTok, you know, similar to what they already do on Facebook, similar to what they already do on Instagram. So to see that, that be able to happen where people start making money off the platform, uh, interesting to see the development growing. So cool to uh, join time with you on there. Very yeah, few yeah. Uh, car care companies are, so no. excited to be on there with you uh, yeah. as we continue to grow. Let's yeah. uh, let's hop into some uh, get to know you questions, right? Yeah. Uh, as, uh, as people, as we go through this journey together, uh, we'll kind of do these on a regular basis, get to know each other a little bit more, let the community uh, get to know each other a little bit more. Uh, it's bubbly, but I'm still gonna cheers with you. Uh, Every time we say community, we we got to cheers. Yeah, I'm actually trying to work. We're, I'm trying to work on the water, so I know like. Greg, let's work on that plastic. How about that? <laughs> All right. So, speaking of non-water, and since we are on the pints and polishing podcast, uh, that I think you are also going to uh, you know move it over to your your side as well. We'll share the audio, uh, but the first question definitely just has to be asked. What's your favorite beer? My favorite beer? Like yeah. my favorite type of beer or my favorite one your beer? Favorite like, beer. This is the one beer. It's your one beer. You know, I'm actually right. You know, things change. Beers, my favorite favorite beers, they change, you know, over yeah. time. I used to, for a long time, I liked Heineken. Oh, I just yeah. did. I don't, for a long yeah. time, it was like something off. This was well, like. Because back in, how old are you, right? You're I'm young 30. 30s. 33. So yeah. Heineken, Heineken through the nineties really got popular. Uh, maybe did you drink it in early two thousands? Cause you know, like, when did like, you turn like, 21? Like, like 2000 and like 10 or something like that. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. It would have probably already reached. Yeah. Around there. So that's when Heineken was dumping a lot of money into advertising and like Heineken, Heineken just was pretty cool. They were like, get a Heine baby, you know, and everything like <laughs> so Heineken was pretty bomb. Then for a long time, I started liking really um, uh, crazy craft beers, like, mm -hmm. like over where in this area, right, where my, my office is, there's actually like so many breweries just around here. Oh, across yeah. the street, it's crazy. Yeah, there's like Carl Strauss, there's Golden Road, there's a place that Dylan Von Kleiss likes to drink at across the street from me called Noble Ale Works. I've actually drank beer with Dylan Von Kleiss from Rupes over there. Cool. Because it's right across the street. Um, yep. There's actually a tap room next door to me. That's All right. So is one of those, do you got one of those that's your favorite? Um, no, none of those. Favorite. Right now, okay. Right now, no joke, my favorite beer right now is actually Corona Familiar. I had, You're like, what? Yeah, I was trying. I was like, I had the Corona, premiere. Corona Familiar. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, right. dude. Yeah, like you got to try it. Like, uh, if I find it, it, yeah, I definitely will. Go, yeah, if you can find it, go to the store. Corona Familiar. It's like it looks like it's an older Corona bottle. You're like, what is this? Anyways, it's just a. It tastes like a Corona was made with better ingredients. Hmm. That's like I. That's the only way I can describe. It. It's so good okay. out here in California. I I eat a lot of tacos. Like, yeah. There's so many tacos. Yeah. So I hey, Oklahoma, I, we got tacos too, man. We like them. This is different, dude. Out here in California, it's crazy. It is different. It is different. Crazy. Yeah. And yeah. so I'll go, the taco's like $1 each. I'll go buy 10 tacos. Yeah. Well, that's what it and is here. Taco Tuesday, tacos. man. It's a dollar. Yeah. And it. I love, I go to this taco spot, this taco restaurant, and they actually just let me bring my own beer. They don't, they, they're just like, they just let you bring your oh, beer. Oh, so you yeah. bring a Corona and have some tacos, man. That's... Yeah, I bring like a six Corona and have yeah. a tacos. And then I bring my friend and my, my, my wife will hang out and bring Corona. And there's actually a lot of restaurants out here in LA and Orange County that before the pandemic, they would let you bring your own beer and wine. Yeah. A lot they, of that stuff here locally got canceled too. I know. Yeah. Right. All right. So my favorite beer is uh, Harlot's Harvest. What is that? Pike's Place Brewery up in Seattle. Uh, it was the first beer that I ever, uh, had that was a craft beer. Uh, oh, really? I was up in Seattle doing, uh, did you, you know, did you ever in your younger, uh, years get involved with multi-level marketing companies or anything like that? Oh, no, no, you didn't, teams, but <laughs> yeah, I, I was in one called Solove and okay. we sold uh, T-Mobile service to people and okay. it was a lot of fun. And I set it up at like, uh, cell phone stores and stuff. So I went a little different approach and it was a lot of fun. Uh, me and a buddy named Randall Fry did it. And anyway, we won this trip to go up to Seattle and we were walking around trying to smoke cigars and nobody would let us find a place. Like literally you could not, it's, it's a no smoking area, but they finally, one guy allowed us and he's like, listen, you can sit there. If somebody complains, you're out. I mean, this was after like hours of walking around. Okay. In and Seattle? What, in what, Seattle. What, yeah. what month was this? Was it cold? Uh, no, so it would have been uh probably was like September. Oh, I mean okay. it was fall, it was beautiful weather. So yeah, that, that was the problem. Nice. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, the 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 beer that my buddy Randall got was Harless Harvest and it was a pumpkin ale. And I was like, pumpkin ale, what's that? I want to try it. Hooked. Uh went a couple years later, took a girlfriend up there, went up to Seattle, went back to the brewery, got a t-shirt, you know, like it's just it's just my favorite beer, you know. It just it's what I, I, I love it. So oh, wow. that's, you know, that's my favorite beer. All right. Favorite food. Is it tacos? You already said tacos. So is that your favorite food? No. You know, I really love Italian food. Okay. I love Italian food. Really good Italian food. And I also like pho. Vietnamese food. Yeah. yeah. Very good. I, you know, I just like, I, I like actually all foods. <laughs> that is the, that's the craziest thing. I just love all foods. Yeah. So, I love to eat too. My number one all time though is fried chicken. Fried very, chicken. Yep. It was the very first meal I cooked in fifth grade home ec. Oh, and uh, ever since then, I've always loved it. It was also, though, my nemesis. And at 40, when I had my cholesterol checked, I was uh, eating fried chicken at least once a day, oh. uh, sometimes <laughs> twice. And uh, my cholesterol was over 400. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, me and fried chicken had to part ways, but it's still my, uh, it's still my number one all-time favorite. That's the reason why I don't drink as much beer. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I actually transitioned from, from drinking beer over to drinking wine and tequila. So now okay. I just drink a lot of wine and tequila. But and tequila is supposed to be really good for your digestive system too, right? 
Yes, yeah, because yeah. I was drinking, you know, like the thing is like my stomach, it was like I drink beer and then the 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 wheat and the you know the the um the ingredients of the beer, it would just hurt my stomach the next day. Or yeah, like, yeah. I, I got, got older. As I got yeah. older, I would have to drink less, I'd have to eat yeah. food. It was and, but now now I drink I'll, a lot I'll sometimes of do wine. But I just I haven't really got. I mean, I'll do cabs. I like cabs. Okay. But I can just do cheap, you know, box wine. I can do, you know, I go into Trader Joe's and just get anything they have that's a cab. Like I'm not very picky about wine. Yeah. I love Zinfandel wine. Zinfandel, yeah. mm-hmm. Syrah, and Malbec. My three okay. favorites. Yeah, yeah. And GSM blend wines, which are like a Rhone blend, which is Grenache, Syrah, and Morvedre. Very, very good. If you've never tried that, it's a Rhone blend from like the Rhone Valley of France. So like three Rhone wines uh, right. blended together. Really great wine. Great. Uh, all right. Favorite, favorite music. What, uh, what's your general? Jazz. Really? Jazz. Yeah. Jazz. I know I play, I play like 25 instruments, man. I'm not even kidding you. Yeah. Yeah. I could, yeah. Like, yeah. Drums, piano, guitar, bass. So, so did you, were you like high school band guy? Yeah, yeah. I, I took okay, so I, the I, other I, night, I, so on Wednesday nights, we have what's called a community pub where detailers hop on, we all drink beer. Uh, uh-huh. And and one of the guys was talking about band camp, uh-huh. and talking about band freaks. Uh-huh. I mean, are the stories true? Um, well, I, I don't, I think it's kind of like a joke. It's like kind of, it's like, it's, it's like, it's just like a pun used as comedy, you know, I guess you would say. I don't know. Pun. He seemed to say that there were some fun times. I don't know. There, yeah, they're always fun times. I actually, <laughs> traveled, I actually traveled the country just playing drums for like a few years with like professional marching bands, which in, in this, which is called this, it was actually called uh, Drum Corps International. And okay. uh, where you just play drums against other competing bands, yeah. but it's not tied to any school. It's like, you have to you you pay to be in these bands all right so you play do you sing or no no i don't sing no i sing in the shower yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, i tried to sing a couple times uh you know i grew up super religious was uh gonna go through through the pastoral side Mm -hmm. all the way up through there and uh at one church i was working at they made me do uh one of those christmas things where you you know dance around with people and sing and i had to do a duet and i literally heard people laughing at me (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I hated doing it, man, but I, you know, it's just, you, you have to do what you got to do. And yeah, uh, yeah. singing's horrible for me. I, uh, when I was trying to be a youth, you know, learning how to be a youth minister in college. Uh, so I, I played football and baseball in college, but then also worked as a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to pick up learning how to play the electric, or no, sorry, the acoustic guitar, right? Some very easy. Well, I don't have a lot of rhythm. Okay. And, <laughs> And I can't sing, right? But I had this little, like, uh, do you ever remember those little shakers that had, like, it sounded yeah. like, a, you know, and you yeah. could hold it while you're strumming, uh-huh. and you could, you know, and I was up there, oh, man, it was, we sang about three songs, that's all I knew. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny, that's funny. Yeah, I've done all the singing, I've done all types of music, everything. Love jazz, though, jazz number one, yeah, I just, it's a, it's a great, it's All right, my genre. my number one music is uh, EDM. EDM. Yep. What type yep. of EDM though? There's so uh, many types. Yeah, there is so many types, and I get lost even in them. Uh, definitely not the, uh, you know, some of that new stuff. Uh, what was it that came out real big over the past couple of years? Uh, I didn't like it. I can't remember. Love the name EDM. Of it. I love EDM music. But I like house. 
Yeah. Uh, I like, uh, you know, when they blend and make their own stuff. A lot of my Spotify playlists are, you know, different people Funky that house. do house music. Yeah. yeah. So s slow house, high, you know, deep house, I'll, uh, I'll vibe out to, you know, like some chill slow house on the weekend. Yeah. So, but then when I detail cars and stuff, like that's what I like to hear. Yeah. I like to speed it up. I like that steady doom. Yeah, yeah. And then you can just go around and do, you know. You know what music genre we're digging over here? It's called Vaporwave. Hmm, never heard of it. Yeah, Google it. It's called Vaporwave. We play it in our store over here. It literally sounds, they literally take songs from the 80s, okay? 80s feelish, and they slow them down. Huh. And it sounds like they're a completely different song. It's crazy. Yeah. They adjust like the filter a little bit, and you're like, whoa what is that is that this song like I've all right is that, that. A, you you got that on spotify or what go on youtube and oh, YouTube? search vaporwave and there's a station that just plays vaporwave live 24 hours a day it's called like vaporwave funk station all right vaporwave. last get to know you question uh what's your all-time favorite movie blade runner really yeah blade runner why it's a great movie <laughs> It is a great movie. It's like, it's it's the best movie. It's Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott makes amazing movies. Like all the Ridley Scott movies are fantastic. And um, uh, it's got, and then the music, the music in, in Blade Runner is all made by Vangelis who made it all himself, just him with synths and like different components like that in the eighties. And uh, it's a great Harrison Ford movie, man. It's, it's just awesome. And you don't know, you don't know if he's a robot, is he a robot? Is he maybe a robot because brainwashed? You know, <laughs> all right. I love it. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it. right, mine's, the, mine's the natural. The, uh, you the know. natural. What is yeah, that? baseball's always been my thing. Oh, um, I know what. Yeah, I know what movie that. Yeah. 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 You, don't, you don't like angels in the outfield? Uh, I mean, it, eh. <laughs> mm, no. dude, the best baseball movie is Rookie of the Year. It's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, for me, natural, you know, as a kid, it was the story of what he was doing. Uh, that fight back for some reason, I really, uh, as a kid, I really admired it. And then when, you know, he hits the home run and the lights go off, you know, the lights go. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember as a kid going, yes, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to do something. Like, yeah. like, you, know. <laughs> you, you like that more than Field of Dreams? Yeah, Field of Dreams is up there, but no, I do. Field of Dreams is actually, I use that illustration a lot. You know, in, in business, a lot of guys will, you know, open up their detail shop or open up a business and, hey, if you build it, they will come. They will come, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's a big faux pas for people that, that build businesses. So yeah. Field of Dreams, uh, I think, is a great Field of Dreams movie. is good, though. Yeah. It's probably one of the top known baseball movies, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Or Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> I don't know about Angels in the Outfield. All right. Uh Let's get into what we want to talk about. We got a couple little things that uh, we're going to go over. First, uh, you know, what if we're, if you're looking a uh, thousand foot view or thousand mile view or whatever, just an overview of the industry, right? Mm -hmm. Coming from your perspective, Greg uh -huh. Masterson, what's the, the first thing that pops out in your mind? Wait, the overall perspective of the industry? Yeah. Go a little, gotta give, get a little. This industry is so big. You gotta. Yeah, I know. That's we got three things. So you just got to start with one. You want me to go first? Yeah, go first. All right. For first, uh, I put down. It's been interesting to see if I look at it. That it's interesting seeing what drives the industry. I think it's kind of divided. I think there's right there's the chemical companies. 
then mm -hmm. there's the users. Okay. And chemical companies to users is a very interesting relationship, especially when you start looking at the users as to see how users interact with different brands, how they support one brand or don't support another. They'll trash talk this and they'll do this. Uh, some are, you know, strictly loyal to one brand. Some branch off and go a bunch of different, right? It's to me, I'm just, you know, that's no, you know, judgments or views other than just saying it's interesting to see. That's just one aerial view that I find fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and then as you and I are in different groups to see the ways that there's brands that interact on groups and then there's brands that don't interact on groups. There's mm -hmm. brands that kind of run the group and, you know, can do their thing the way they want to do it. And that, you know, that just whole, you know, dichotomy of brand to customer or brand to user or brand to anybody relationship, I find to be uh, pretty fascinating. Hey, this is Parker, and I'm popping in to invite you for a beer on the live community pub, Wednesday night at 730 Central. The Zoom ID is 918-800-1188. That's a live community pub, Wednesday night at 730 Central. The Zoom ID is 918-800-1188. Come on, you can have just one, can't you? <laughs> Yeah, that is, you know, I'll comment on that. You know, that actually is really interesting that that you that you notice that uh, the the brand user relationship, you know, because um, uh, there's so much interaction on Facebook on on the online that people go. It's like the internet forum doesn't exist anymore. It's all Facebook, and uh, I feel like the only interaction between um, users now is like Reddit and Facebook. That, that's really it. There's just Reddit, Facebook, even Google stuff. It's like Reddit, Facebook. But, you know, on the, on the page of that, what I think is the most interesting in this industry is how all the knowledge is free. Like all the knowledge in this industry is so free. I've never been in some type of industry where all the knowledge is out there for free. Like no joke, I give all my best tricks out there for free on, on, on YouTube. We don't charge money for it. And, and I could literally take all the information that I do and put it in a little DVD and sell it for $19.99. And you could order it and get an online certification. Like I, I don't feel that that's necessary. It's because it's all on there for free. Someone just has to go there and just search because YouTube details. So Greg, what are your thoughts? I'm going to break in real quick. What are your thoughts on certifications? The certifications. So there's a lot to do with certifications. And, and for me, detailing is all about knowledge. You know, you can gain knowledge here. The certification, I, I feel um, only values the professional, if it means something to whoever is buying the service, like an IDA certification, you have an IDA certification. I've never met anybody that knows what the IDA is. I'm like, hey, do you know what the IDA is? I bet you like half the people who are listening that don't even know what the IDA is. Like what? And like the International Detailing Association, and you can get a certification from them that says that you're equipped to detail cars. But unless the IDA is running commercials out there and putting up putting up uh, advertising saying, uh, do you, you know, the IDA is here for you. Only go to a shop that's IDA. They, they'd have to be putting out that type of marketing for that to portray. I, I joke it's more of an international detailers brand association. Uh, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's, 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 it's very all... little about the actual detailer as, as I'm getting more Correct. involved. Uh, 
love the people. And the whole reason I joined was because I was in a group around people. So I love the people, but there's definitely some interesting dynamics that there's very little information put out to actually help detailers with customer relations, with actually growing the industry. It's more about how you can talk to more brands. Correct. Yeah. And this, the thing I was, that you were mentioning about certification that I truly believe is important is that all the information is out there online for free. You can literally view it out there on YouTube from so many different brands and so many different videos. But there's that piece of the puzzle that you're missing. And it's that hands-on feel. You need that hands-on training. Everybody, if you really want to take your skills to the next level, you need the hands-on training. But with the YouTube um, videos collection from all the, from everybody, not just Masterson's Car Care that we produce, but from everybody, the user can use get all this information and then they don't have to spend five days at a training with the company. They can do it in two or one day or maybe five hours. And then the user can ask all these questions to the company and get everything tailored to them. So I do a training at the Anaheim store here that, that we're doing this chat on. And this training is $99. It's a great training. It's $99. It's five hours and it includes breakfast and lunch. So literally someone could just fly in or wherever, show up, they pay 99 bucks and they literally get to ask me and our other trainers questions, any questions they want for five hours. And we go over some curriculum, but we give enough time where they can literally ask us anything they wanted for five hours. They could just pound us with questions, you know, get your value out of it. You're paying 99 bucks to be here. I'd be asking, I'd come with a list of questions. Like I have a little, even a little paper right here, you know, that, you know, we, we, we have information on, I'd bring a list. And a lot of people do, they're smart. People want to, if they're going to pay money, get value out of the product. So we just want to deliver value. And I think that value is also in time. And so why not just come for five hours, get all the questions you need and then go home and uh, apply that knowledge. That's how I feel with this. With yeah, this I mean, I, I can appreciate that. It's only $99, man. I, I definitely can. That's a, that does seem to be a good value compared to a lot of other propositions that are out there. Yeah, from, yeah. you know, from our brand, the way we do it, we, we don't do near as many probably. Mm-hmm. And we, we used to do them here locally in Oklahoma. Um, we have a group that was called Detailers of Oklahoma and we had host meetings and do trainings. And uh, we always did it for free. Just always been the way I've always just grown. uh, I think because, you know, when I got in the industry, I just picked up a power washer, took a loan and started cleaning cars. You know, the the information that I got, people had to give me uh, or I had to learn somehow. You know, it was 2002. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have all the different technologies that they have today. So that information that I got was, somehow either handed down or, you know, picked up and learned along the way. But I've just always just tried to give out information for free. So I can definitely value that, that yours is only 99 bucks as, as we do it across the country is called pop-up trainings and we go do free pop-up trainings, but yeah, you know what, this is something that's really interesting. I love doing free trainings and I feel like it's more valuable to put the free training online right? To just, to, to put it online. Someone could get it for free. They could do a video. They could watch it over and over and over again, rewind. But I've noticed something that's, that's really interesting with, with trainings is that if people go to a free training, they often don't value the knowledge as much and pay attention to the training. I've done free training. Well, yeah. I, like I say, you know, anytime you pay, you're going to yes. invest a little bit more time. There's yes. no doubt. There's yes. no and, doubt about and, that. And the most, then the biggest thing is it's not the money, $99, 
um, you know, and you get breakfast and lunch and yeah. one on and some proper training, it's like nothing. But if you did it for free, sometimes people don't show up. Sometimes they fill up the list and then yep. someone else could have yeah, been. No doubt about that. We have plenty of that. Plenty you know, of that. I see it all the time. Sometimes a third of the people will show up. Yeah. You're, and then, you're absolutely right. Correct. And then sometimes right. if you do free trainings, sometimes people show up and because it was free, they didn't pay attention. And then they'll come, they'll come back again and take the same training again because they thought, oh, it's free. I can just come back and take it again. You know, it's, there's a whole lot of stuff. So I actually thought a long time ago to just even charge like a dollar, because if you charge a dollar, at least some type of value That's was true. drawn on that. That's true. And then, oh, oh man, like I, I bought this for a dollar. At least it wasn't free, you know? Yeah. And people will value that type of, they will value the information more because it really is the time that you're investing. The time mm. that you can never get Time's back. a lot. Time's, yeah, time's very Time valuable. is the most valuable thing in the world. All right, so, <laughs> so number two, when I look across the industry, uh, I wrote down negativity. Uh, I find it very interesting as, you know, I never, I never really was involved with national stuff. You know, I, I started the current business out of my garage in 2010. Uh, it wasn't until a good friend, DJ Patterson took me out to some of the things like SEMA where, oh, yeah. where actually, so DJ is probably one of the first guys from Oklahoma to, to start getting recognized nationally. I mean, Oklahoma has been pretty small and quiet. And it's funny um, that you mentioned DJ because DJ, when he first started his business, he flew out and did training with me. Right. So I was about to tell a story about that. And uh, when we were on an episode last time, I had said, you know, the first time we met was at a pint night. But as I got to think about it, that wasn't true. The first time you and I actually met, DJ introduced us on the floor at SEMA because he looked down and we were both wearing the same shoes. The Gary V shoes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I know that was like SEMA 17 or something. Seven, I was thinking 16 or 17. 16 I couldn't remember, but yeah, yeah, but but yeah, probably 17. So as as I oh, started, actually, yeah, you know, I think might have been 16. It was 16 or 17 for sure. Yeah, it was one of those. Yeah. Uh, but so, you know, as we started growing and, you know, as the podcast brand started more people coming in, we started meeting more people, it, you know, being, especially there's a lot of big theories that the problem with a lot of the Facebook groups is the negativity, right? It, it's interesting to see the dichotomy of how many people are just so negative. And, and as a business owner, I, you've got to be able to attest to this too, right? It, it's so much harder to do business when you're negative. When you have a negative mindset about your day, about your life, it transcends into comments that you leave negative about other people. Mm -hmm. And so you're already starting your, your hardest challenge in life from a, you know, with two hands behind your back because you're negative. Like I've never personally, I've really ever been a overly bubbly, overly, you know, boisterous type of person, but I've always been, you know, kind of motivated and driven. And a lot of yeah. that just comes from being a having a positive mindset, yeah. Yeah. having a positive way of thinking about life. Uh, and many of that comes from, I don't know if when you, when I started getting into sales, uh, I was, was given a, a CD uh, by a guy named Mark Croucher, who uh, actually let me uh, share a lot of the, the warehouse that we're in now 
I would share, I would share it with him because he would sell cars at a buy here, pay here lot. And I would clean his cars out of the back. Okay. And, and that was my entry into this warehouse. Mm -hmm. And he gave me a CD by a guy named Zig Ziglar. And Zig Ziglar, I, I, I never always do the quote right, but it basically the premise that he had to teach was that you're, you're positively going to get a lot more done with a positive mindset than you will yeah. a negative. Yeah. You just, yeah. you just get more done with business, with life, with enjoyment, with anything that you want to do out of a positive mindset versus a negative. So uh, it's not just on the Facebook groups, you know, as you've gotten into TikTok, we're into TikTok. You know, we've taken some pretty hard beatings on some videos from guys. And, you know, we did one recently where we were shooting degrees are on and, you know, I get it. I, you know, I did it on my Jeep tire that I'd put dressing on the week before, you know, we're, we're just shooting videos as we can do them. And, you know, we got beat up for, oh, your degrees are socks. It ain't doing anything. And I'm like, you know, I follow this guy over to, to uh, Instagram and we start talking there and, you know, it turns out he's, he's working at a dealership. He's starting to want to be, you know, get into his own business. And it's like, all right, if you're going to be that, you know, in that part of your life, from somebody that's been in business 18 plus years from you being in business, you know, uh, uh, I don't know how many, you know, a long forever. time. Right? I, feel, we, I feel like I've been in business forever. Like, right. okay. I, yeah, I but either way, I'm just, <laughs> it, just, just the idea that you could go start, right. Start with already negative. Yeah, man. Uh -huh. it, it just makes it so much harder. So that, I, I think that's my other big, you know, view of the yeah. industry is like, yeah. Hey, all this negative and anybody that's negative, Hey, Listen, it's, it's going to be a lot harder for you. So you, you just probably ought to go the positive direction. It's going to be much better for you. You know, negativity, you know, we live in a crazy world, man, where negativity is in every industry. It's in every part of life. And there's like, there's three things I always remember about yeah. negativity. The first thing is, as I heard Tony Robbins say this at a Tony Robbins seminar, he says, anytime you, you have an interaction with somebody and you get a response back, that response is only one of two things. It's either a response of love and compassion, or it's a cry for help. Hmm. It's either it's either a response back of love and communication, or help me. And the help me is usually negative. You know, negative. It's that yeah. negative help. And a lot of people, you know, when you I thought about that later on, and it's true. You know, people, people we're living in a hard time. We're living in pretty much the modern Great Depression. You know, like the modern Great Depression right now, today, this is being recorded. And a lot of people are unemployed and, and don't have jobs and are, are stuck at home. And, you know, they're, they're not living the life that they want to be living. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of negativity popping up out there. But a lot of that time is a cry for help. And I even do the same thing. How can I help you? You know, I'll give you an example. I was on a Facebook group, okay? And... I put, a, I put a post on there and I said, here's my phone number. Anybody, you know, anybody needs help? I know there's a lot of messed up information on there. You want some good help? Here's my cell phone number. Call me. Okay. Nobody called the number because they're all very afraid to pick up the phone and start talking to somebody again. You know, one person called like a minute after I posted it with a blocked number. And I said, this is Greg. How can I help you? And just like that, right? So, and I know this group has a lot of people. This group has over 2,000 detailers in the group. 
So a lot of people saw that post. A lot of people need help with stuff. Nobody wants to just pick up the phone and call. You know what I mean? And the resources are out there, you know? They, they want to stay in the negativity because to go into to getting a positive outlook on something, it takes big change. It yeah. doesn't just take- Tough change. change, yeah. It, it takes Internal. a lot of change. And, yeah. a, you know, uh, uh, one of my mentors told me this. You want a big change, or sorry, you, you want a, a, a big change, like a big result, you got to make a big change. Big, big changes get big results. And you can't get from being so negative and living a negative lifestyle to living a positive lifestyle. You can't just do that a little. You have to make a big jump. Something has to change. Some big, huge, like jump, a job change, a relationship change, a mental change, a physical change, diet um, change, a, a, something, something yeah. has to change and to, to make you make that jump. And so I, I think that's important about the, about the negativity. The second one is, is that with so much negativity in the world right now, like there's no way. And, and like you were saying, you want, when you're being negative, you're on the defense. You're always on the defense and you can't make progress progress being on the defense. You can't, you can't take three steps forward while you're pushing two steps back. You're going to get, keep, get pushed back. So I, like, I believe on, you make better moves on the offense. You know what I mean? Like you can't just like baseball, you can't score any points or runs while you're on the field. It's physically impossible, right? The game's not set up that way. You can only, um, get points in the game when you're literally on the offense batting, right? Like that's the only time football can change, you know, oh, you now you're on the offense, but baseball, it's like, okay, here's your time. You're on the offense, make a move, you know? And the crazy thing about the world right now with the negativity is the negativity sells more stuff. It's so weird. Like if somebody goes on a video, let's say somebody, I make a video and I post it on Facebook and it's a, a detailing video and somebody doesn't like it. They had to go, do we, oh, there we go. Sorry. They had to go and make a negative comment. But when they made that negative comment, let's say it's a negative or a positive comment. It doesn't even matter. Actually, it can just be a comment. When that comment's made, all of their friends on their Facebook see that comment. And then if, if one of those friends, Let's say the person has 3,000 friends. If one of those 3,000 people comments, that means all those people's comment that saw that, saw my original video. So technically them commenting something negative actually brings more exposure over a larger yeah. field directly to the video. So it's kind of weird how that works. And it's like that in the news too. The news only- Fucking karma, right? Fucking yeah. Karma. <laughs> and the news only says stuff that's negative every day anyways. Yeah. They're not like- you know, it's like, I, I watch, I remember watching the news as a kid and it's so funny because like the news is one hour and like when you're a kid, you know, I used to watch like 10 o'clock news. Okay. And so you watch the 10 o'clock news and the news goes from like 10 o'clock to like 9.50 with all negative shit. And then 9.50 to 9.50 or sorry, 10.50 to 10.59 is that one good, good story. story. Yeah, that one good story. story. It's like, yeah. it's like, and on a side note, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, this dog saved, <laughs> saved the kitty cat from being, yeah. you know, bitten and, and, and now Definitely. the dog's getting an award from Definitely the mayor of Denver or something, you know? <laughs> All right. So number three, when I look at the industry, I, I'm going to go towards dealerships. 
The place that should be where everybody wants to go is a place that nobody wants to go to. What do you mean? The dealerships? Dealerships. The dealerships? Uh, car dealerships. Yeah, the dealerships. Oh, see. <laughs> <laughs> I kept going, wait, what? Can he really not hear me? <laughs> yeah, the dealerships. dealerships. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, it's hard, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it... <laughs> And part of me as a business owner, and I, I go into them, I interact there and I just go, man, it's there's some really amazing people at dealerships, some really, really good people, just like there are in, you know, in any place. Right. But there's some really good people that love cars. They love our auto industry, but there's just some fucked upness that goes on in that topper part. That's just really weird, man. It's You're talking a, about new dealerships. Like, yeah, new, yeah. Like, like, I, I mean, like, you could, you could go through. I mean, you could go through most dealerships, right? I mean, it, it just the premise that that should be the, the best place to go to because that's what sells cars, right? I mean, that's, the, that's where you can go get your dream. But it's also just become one of the just really bad places to go to. It's in a lot of people just don't. I mean, do you really get enjoyment of going to, to shop for a vehicle? No, I, I don't. I mean, you know, there's so much that goes on with that. And over so many years, it's compiled itself to where I find us to be in a very interesting place looking at our industry and looking at dealerships and seeing, you mentioned Elon Musk, right? Seeing what he's doing with Tesla, mm -hmm. seeing what people have been trying to come out with Carnivana. Now I get it. They had to go back and get raised more capital, but uh, you know, but then they say that about Tesla, you know, there's all kinds of problems that might happen with different companies, but I find it very fascinating to see where there's new business owners, new entrepreneurs, new people that have seen this industry problem mm -hmm. and are now trying to create a new solution, a new way of doing it. Yeah. And that to me just goes, okay, I'm really going to keep looking at this. I like what's going on here. Uh, you know, we're definitely looking at ways we can be more involved in certain parts of the dealership. So it, dealerships are still kind of the heartbeat, but it's a weird place to be involved with. It's hard to work with them. They're hard to, <laughs> a lot of times as vendors, it's, it's a tough place to be. Uh, and even as customers, sometimes it's tough. So it, it's the place that we should all want to go, but it's a tough place to be. And it's going to be interesting to see who comes in and changes those models yeah. over the next five years, which, which brands have to really dramatically change the way they sell cars. And, yeah. and I think that dealership model as a whole is, as you know, meeting people, Paul Daly's a really great guy that we try and stay in touch with on a regular basis. He's a Gary V guy. I met him out at the agent 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he was part of our industry in a, in the, the recon side where he was fixing wheels and then uh, grew that business to where he sold it out. And now he does digital media and representation for dealerships. And so, uh, you know, the, the views that he gets and that we toss back and forth and what we're seeing, it's just, man, there's a lot of stuff that's going on inside dealerships. There's going to be a lot of changes and it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, who becomes the biggest players over the next five to 10 years and who has the biggest changes and yeah. Well, you, you know, know what's going to happen. Dealerships. Interestingly, you mentioned that because I feel like the dealership experience sucks. It's horrible. It's just, it's like two thumbs down. It's so yeah. like, I, I, I've been around, I'm, I'm 33 years old and I've never bought a brand new car. 
why I've always bought a used car. Why? Because the dealership experience sucks. And, and I, and if I knew a dealership that was like, Greg, come down to our dealership, take a look at our offerings. You know what I mean? Come down and, and gave a good experience. I would have probably bought like four new cars already, but no other brand in the world, I think connects to the user like that. Now I have bought a new vehicle because I bought a new motorcycle, but the new motorcycle dealership, the, the dealership that I bought from actually drove like an extra 120 miles away to get the motorcycle because the dealership seemed so nice. They answered my phone call. The guy talked to me on the phone. When I got there, he greeted me, showed me stuff. They, they, they let me pay on a credit card. They didn't charge me credit card fee. It was the best dealership experience. It was like the best experience I ever had buying anything, actually. Awesome. And I was like, dude, that's great. But I never found that with a car, like ever. <laughs> and I would have, I would have bought more cars, you know, like, but the, the dealer, they need a, um, the dealership experience needs to be more engaging for the, for the purchaser now. Now I feel like dealerships are like, oh, you want a car? Well, we got the car for you. Oh, well, you don't want a car. Okay, well, you, well get out of here. <laughs> you need a car. You know what I mean? Because they're saying like the car is like a need, but a lot of people that are um, a generation below us, Mm -hmm. which are just starting to get cars or could yeah. start getting cars. They're realizing that they don't need, they don't need a car. It's not a need. Mm -hmm. It's a option. They have so that options. was a big push from the summer. Uh, so many of those 18 to 20, 24 year olds had never gotten vehicles before. Yeah. And there was a massive population that started getting those vehicles, which was a big growth for, you know, the dealership industry. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of deals cut this year for 2020, but like yeah. new car sales are down, you know, like new new everything dealership is down. You know, they sold less new motorcycles this year than like any other year in the past like 20 some years. It was real bad. Like they didn't sell that many. And that's why you could go to a car dealership or a use or car dealership or a motorcycle dealership and you could just get deals. You know that like no APR or like really low interest and very little down or no down, or you can get like huge deductions on the, off the price. Um, it's insane. I mean, even the motorcycle I bought was like, like over 20% off the MSRP. And you're like, dude, how is this even happening? You know, and it's they're not selling enough, you know, but yeah. if the experience was more engaging for the dealership, dude, that'd be, that, that would be great. But I think people are shopping for cars online. Now they're shopping through YouTube. <laughs> they're what they're going on YouTube and they're watching. Oh, how does that car sound? How does it look? Yeah. They're definitely one of the biggest, uh, the biggest positions in the industry that is going to be cut first, I think is car salesmen. I think that's a that's an interesting position maybe, that maybe, we'll, maybe. we'll see fading away. In theory, I think there's already less than we had five years ago. You right? need the, the, it continues the, the, to dwindle down. You say you know you say that, but I truly believe the sales skill is going to be the most valuable skill that anybody has in the next yeah. five to ten years because now all these people grew up in this time and they're losing communication skills and they don't know how to close the deal true and right but, now, but you just you know, talked about everybody beginning them on social right they're watching the videos on social so the position that's in trouble is that guy that's standing at a dealership trying to sell a car uh -huh. and only doing it by standing there 
That guy shouldn't be. That guy should not having a presence on social. Not having a presence on YouTube. Not being a salesman on those platforms because Um, he's only a salesman at a dealership. That's my point. Like I think that position's in trouble. Now, so the thing about that is, is that it was, that's a dumb move on the salesperson because all of this stuff is tools. This stuff is a tool. This piece of paper is a tool. It's, you know, anything Mm. is a tool. And now for sales, we have the most tools that we've ever had ever. We got computers, video, uh, uh, we calculators on our phone. Like we could have the spreadsheet on our phone. We could be closing deals on the phone. It's like, it's, it's so crazy the amount of tools we have. And if a salesman is just sitting on the job, twiddling his thumbs, hoping that the guy um, spinning the little sign on the corner is going to bring people to him, that's the salesperson's fault. That's like 100% the salesperson's fault. He should be on TikTok. Hey, I'm Brian. Come get my come get a car from me because they, they I guarantee you that they, people would find him in the area. It's crazy how that works. I made a TikTok video in Texas. I'm not, my account is mainly all the videos filmed in California. I went to Texas. I filmed some videos. I released them. I released the videos from Texas in California. So filmed in Texas, drafted, released in California. When I released them in California, I started getting massive hits from Texas. Huh. Orders, calls, analytics hits from Texas. Yeah. So you got geo tagged, I guess. Uh who knows? Who knows? Video, but yeah. we don't Apple know. Probably geotagged it. Something. We don't know what's go. We don't know how TikTok works. <laughs> but but what we do well, know. There was a lot of scares, uh, you know, earlier with the big sale and making, you know, forcing the sale. You're right. There's yeah not, yeah. Not we, a lot we don't of know. People know. We don't know how TikTok works. But right now, TikTok, like when we were talking about TikTok, is 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 making some changes, like. Tick, you ever you ever been using TikTok and you're you're swiping because there's so many videos, 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 and you never see one ad, right? Like you never see an ad. And then the TikTok will start running slow. You ever notice that like it's like not loading right? And so it's like not showing or updating correctly. And so and you have so to you close out the app, close the app and, and restart it and they hit you with an ad at the first. Hit you an ad at the first, right? It's because TikTok wants to infuse ads into the platform. They're trying to do it, but the platform is banging too hard. And you have to, if you were to infuse infuse ads into the platform, you have to rewrite all the analytics. And right now, the analytics from TikTok is like, it's like, it's just, I don't, it just does amazing things. Not, Not just for people who are creating content, but for viewers. Because mm-hmm. viewers don't have to watch shit that they didn't want to be interested in. Yep. If, if you know how you were saying there's a bunch of lot of girls shaking their booties on TikTok. Well, you know, if you don't watch the booty shaking, and you, <laughs> it, you won't get booty shaking. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're, you're right. I don't yeah. have it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but, correct. but at yeah. first, when I open it up, like that's just all that popped up. Because that's what people are getting interested in. Like yeah. I put... I, I make a lot of videos on TikTok. I put a video the other day with these girls twerking and we're spraying them with foam. It's at a million views already. TikTok actually took it down for sexual content and pornography. 
There was no nudity in it. They took it down. I appealed it and TikTok put it back up. And when it got put back up, it went from like 50,000 to a million in like two days. Hell yeah, man. And you know what's funny is like all of the analytics hearts are getting hit from like um, uh, Eastern Europe, the Middle East, and Asia. They love seeing those girls twerk and have the foam on them. Like, like it just, there's, 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 I'm not determining that by anything else, but analytics showing me that these videos are getting the most hits in Eastern Europe, the Middle East, and Asia, specifically Thailand. So it's crazy, right? <laughs> there you go, right? And it's, it's, it's interesting how that TikTok works, you know, but um, once again, negativity might be, people might, oh, I don't like this video, and then it gets more <laughs> it's, it's It's crazy how that works. You ever man. been to Thailand? No. I've been in it and there we were, I used to go to Malaysia quite a bit uh, in former life and teach uh, softball camps. I set up oh, a, sick. Nice. a, a nonprofit group called Rock Sports and we would travel over there doing that. And uh, one year we went up to go scuba dive in, in Thailand and as you, you went around, they would tell you where you shouldn't go and where you should, you know, oh, nice. they were pretty specific. Like the local people would did a good job. Uh, Thailand, uh, it's safe, but there's, yeah, I mean, and this was many years ago, so who knows what it is now, but uh, Thailand's a very interesting place, man. It's, it's very interesting. Greg, thank you. Thank you for your time. We're, 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 uh, we went way over what you and I really hoped we would do, but you know, once you, once you start talking, it's hard to, uh, hard to stop. So, but Greg, remind everybody where they can connect with you. You can connect with us uh, at Masterson's Car Care on Facebook and YouTube. And you can also connect with us at Masterson's Car Care on TikTok and Masterson's Wax uh, on uh, Instagram. And uh, we have a lot of accounts. Like we actually have distributors now for Masterson's Car Care brand in 35 countries around the globe. So congratulations. It's, yeah, it's crazy uh, uh, how much, uh, how many friends. And you know, before we lift off, you, you were on that list. There was something that you mentioned. I'll ask you. I think we'll close it this with this. What's your favorite accomplishment, you know, with business or personal? And I think it's the same. And I'll, and yeah, I'll tell you I was pausing. I didn't do that because we were running late. And I was like, you know, well, I'll know. just put that on next time. Yeah, but I'm going to leave it with it because my favorite biggest accomplishment is meeting so many passionate people around the globe. Like there was there's no way that I would have ever imagined 20 years ago that I wouldn't have so many friends in so many different spots around the planet. Like actual friends that I talk to on a daily basis or a weekly basis, or that I get to go see at amazing events like SEMA, or that I fly to go see them in different parts of the world. I would have never thought that that would have ever happened. And like uh, um, somebody that saw our videos on TikTok called us became a distributor for Masterson's Car Care, opened up his own detailing store. And I, I was so happy with talking to him for, for him to open his own store that I flew out to Texas for his grand opening just to go hang out at the store. And I would have never thought that I would have been able to meet somebody like that with that much passion, the same passion that I have, like you. I would have never met you doing what we did. I, 20, 25 years ago, never thought it would have happened. And that's what I think is like the greatest accomplishment for me, business, personal, anything is just meeting so many passionate people. And it's, it's amazing to see how many more passionate people I will meet in the next 20, 25, even 30 years. I have no idea who I'll meet, but it's, it's, it's just amazing how many people I, I will meet. But what's yours, man? I want to know your, what yours is. 
Oh, okay. I was hoping to just pause and go on to the next one. We can uh, leave it with this. All one. right. So, so favorite, but, but let's leave the, let's leave the business stuff. All right, you did kind of an overall, right? You did I, an it, overall. it was, it was the same, you know, because I believe that if your, if your passion is really, if you really had the, the greatest amount of success, which I feel like the greatest success for me is to be able to have your passion and your job doing the same thing. That Agreed. for me Agreed. is, but is that's very months. hard. I mean, but it's, I, I agree. And I, I think of the same way, you know, there's a reason why I work so much is because I enjoy what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, I get it. Uh, huh. Greatest thing so far in life. I, I, I would honestly say, and you know, honestly, I always joke that, well, thanks for being honest. Uh, I think that always means that you were questioning whether or not what to really say. And so you want to lead with what you think uh, people would want to hear that you're going to be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a, so I had a couple different things jotted down that I was going to talk about for that. So, uh, but definitely number one was that I, I, I didn't kill myself. Um, you know, I went through a lot of depression. I went through a lot of hard times. Uh, for me, business and relationships and marriage and everything just, it didn't work. You know, it, it was a, it was a big problem for me in, in business was, was my marriage and then the divorce that happened and then my kids leaving and she marrying from somebody out of state. And, you know, it, it was a battle, man. I, you know, and there was a point where I just decided I gave myself the opportunity, but there was a bridge and I said, Hey, it's going to cause some problems, but you could end the suffering. And, uh, and I, I chose to stay in my, in my Jeep and uh, chose to go ahead and start living. And that's when I went to, you know, go get my cholesterol checked. That's when I went to go try and figure out what's wrong with my body and, and it's been about a two-year journey. Uh, I'm now down um, about 60 pounds. Cholesterol, I, I haven't checked it, uh, but, you know, listen, I, I got off the medication. So I went back and checked it about a year ago. They put me on medication. I'm now off the medication. So I, I eat very healthy. Uh, I, I, I do a lot of yoga, a lot of stretching. I got into cryotherapy um, that helps the inflammation. Uh, I got on, um, you know, we're OMM, we're Oklahoma Medical. Uh, I got on that to help my depression versus uh, using, you know, over-the-counter medication or, you know, going to see a doctor and getting on big pharma. So, you know, I chose that for me and, and I, I, I learned microdosing. I learned how to help the, the depression to, to get it to go away. You know, it's like that cloud that comes over. If you remember that commercial from, I mean, that cartoon with Charlie Brown, you know, and like this little cloud just follows them while it rains. Like that's depression. And that, and it was really hard to break those clouds open and see sunshine. So, yeah. you know, for me so far, that's, that's been my greatest accomplishment is, is just to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. That was really deep. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. And yeah. uh, I know, I know that I think the viewers would really do appreciate that, man. You know, and, you know, I, I tell people this, you know, you have to, I heard a lot of people say this, in order to go to the top, you have to go to the bottom. There's, there is no, there's no doubt about it. There's nobody in life. I don't think anybody that's ever gone to the top without going to the bottom. If you, if you stayed at the middle, you never went to the top because you have to go to the bottom to see how high the top is. 
you know? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Every, every, I feel like everybody in success has ever done that. And like, it's like, um, it's like the picture of Jeff Bezos. People are like, oh, Jeff Bezos. Whenever, to be honest, whenever I think of Jeff Bezos, I actually don't think the millionaire or the billionaire, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't think Jeff Bezos, the billionaire, I actually think Jeff Bezos, the picture of him sitting on a shitty desk with the yeah, word Amazon. With all that junk all around. With all and, that you know, fucking yeah. junk. No yeah. joke. I swear. And that's what I think. Maybe that was Jeff Bezos's bottom. You know, or maybe maybe Jeff Bezos had a bottom somewhere. And yeah, I don't think like, that was his bottom. I think that, that was, was his, his climb. That was his That was, climb, his climb, right? that was yeah, him. Like, that was, <sighs> Correct, correct. But to where he is now, yeah. That was pretty far on the bottom. And there was probably more bottom. Some, you know, everybody has experiences. Everybody's got different experiences. Everybody's got different experiences. But like, I always think of like the bottom, you know, like that's, that's where cool stuff is made. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's crazy that you shared that because now you might see some crazy higher up <laughs> than anybody else would have seen, at, you yeah. know, on anything. So I appreciate you sharing that with me, man. It's yeah. that's really good. Thank yeah, you, you're I, think that's a good, I think that's a good place to leave leave off. That's man. a good I place think, to end I think, on. Uh, I think that 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 really completes it, dude. Like definitely circles it out. Uh, and for everybody listening, you can find Pints and Polishing podcast on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook. The uh, best way to connect with the brand and with the uh, the whole community is uh, we do a Zoom virtual pub every Wednesday night at seven thirty. We're gonna end it. We're gonna end it on this. Hold on. Yep. You're going to go get your hat. So uh, anybody, please come on. It's every every uh, Wednesday, 730 Central, Zoom ID 918-800-1188. We're actually going to end it with the uh, my... Uh, uh, one, of my, one of my employees got this for me. I haven't tried it yet. It's the new Heradura Ultra Anejo uh, uh, tequila. It's like, it's a, I've never had a clear Anejo. Usually I like, it's really dark, but... We'll just, we'll try, we'll try the So I, I asked somebody one time why some are clear and one are dark. And uh, I guess it's if they get pulled out earlier, it's they're the clear. Barrel. If they sit in the barrel longer, yeah. it gets darker. Uh, yeah, darker. So we'll try this and we'll. Yeah, all right. Cheers. Cheers, cheers to the community. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's, that's real good. smooth. Smooth? That's, yo, yeah. That's all right. Good. I like it that you don't do Ooh. the lime. I, I'm a, I can definitely take tequila, no lime. I, you know, I don't usually dress it. So yeah. Awesome, man. Enjoy the flavor, man. Greg, thanks for the Thank day. Thanks for the time. Have a good one, man. We'll see you, you next week. Have a great week. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Episode is over. If you got any value from it, leave us a review, share the episode and find us on TikTok. It would mean the world to me. Ooh.